Amen, amen. Well, you know, last week we kick-started off a new series on the fruit of the Spirit. And we framed it around enjoying your freedom. Enjoying your freedom. So I want to start by sharing this beautiful portion of Scripture. And it's found in 2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 4. And this is what it says, verse 3. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I said in the earlier service, I love saying those words, marvelous, excellence, especially in a very British accent. But verse four says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature get our heads around that and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Great and precious promises that enable us to share His divine nature. And you know, at the beginning of 2023, we made a commitment, didn't we? We gave attention to how we were gonna build our lives on God's unshakable promises. Well, one of His unshakable promises is the fact that He has given us His nature, His nature and His character, His very DNA. This is wild, to be honest. This is totally wild because His nature and character we see described very beautifully in Galatians 5 verse 22. And it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Can you imagine, can you imagine if we all went around our week living with all of these attributes coming up and out of us? But let's get real, I have to say, I have a little confession to make. Let's have a little side note here. This morning, on the way to church with my notes in my hand. <laughs> I was stuck at the traffic lights and it's pouring with rain, as you all know. Wonderful weather for ducks today, but it's just pouring, pouring and the window wipers are going 100 miles per hour. I'm at the traffic lights and they literally just go green, literally just. I didn't even have time to take my foot off the brake when the person behind me hooted and the fruit of the Spirit didn't come out of me because I hooted back. <laughs> So just getting real. And then I thought, oh dear, what if that's somebody from church? Maybe I should wave. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm hooting and waving my fist and then I see them in church and I'm speaking about the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you go. That's my confession for today. I'll bring you. <laughs> but in any case, you know, it, this, it's not set in stone, but one area that I find really helps me think and understand the fruit of the Spirit is when we think of love, joy and peace, if we look at that as that flowing directly from our relationship with God through Jesus, love, joy and peace, we're spending time with Him, we're, we're, we're receiving His love, we're becoming aware of His presence and His joy and His peace from a direct relationship. It's not through somebody else, it's not secondhand, it's your direct relationship with God Almighty, your Heavenly Father, will help you develop your love, joy and peace. And then if we look at patience, kindness and goodness, I mean, to be all honest, on all honesty, like just with me this morning with the traffic lights and the tooting of the horn, patience, kindness and goodness is really most beneficial when it comes towards others and also towards yourself. And then 
I do think that God, bless his darling heart, definitely needs a lot of patience with us. We sometimes might think we need patience to wait on him. We wanted it yesterday. I mean, hey, this venue, we wanted this venue, I don't know how long ago, but this venue came up this week. You know, and we've had to be patient. Our faith has had to increase and we've had to trust God with the future. Amen. Uh, But in all honesty, whilst we sometimes need to be patient in that regard, let us, none of us get ahead of ourselves. God has way more patience when it comes to us than we need when it comes to Him. Amen. Come on, you all agree. I know you do. And then faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. We really need to develop these when it comes to living and overcoming life, to deal with all that the enemy seeks to kind of throw us off course with. Amen? So if you just think of it that way, love, joy, peace, your relationship with God, kindness, patience, goodness towards each other and with yourself, and then faithfulness, self, um, gentleness, which is meekness, which is also described as strength under control and self-control. We need it to live this overcoming life. And so, you know, the fact is we have got all of this within us. And so let me just read Galatians 5.22 to you in the Amplified Version. This is what it says. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. Verse 25, if we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. God is not asking us to do anything He has not equipped us to do. He's not set us on a course and said, figure it out. He's given us everything we need for living this godly life. Amen. It also says walk, those that walk in the Spirit. And walk is a proactive word. Sitting is not proactive. Walking is proactive. We need to commit to the journey. We need to commit to making the next step. It doesn't matter where you are right now. Will you commit to just making the next step, the next step, then the next step? You don't get to Mount Everest from the bottom to the top immediately. It's step by step by step. Amen. You don't actually don't get up to these loos here. The toilet's up here. You have to go step by step. Amen. Everything is step by step. It's not unrealistic, it's actually possible. Not in your own strength only, but because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world, amen. You have the greater one in you, cheering you on, equipping you, enabling you, empowering you, amen. This is spirit-led living. This is spirit-led living, and it's a powerful supernatural attribute. And this powerful supernatural attributes that we have been gifted has the ability to free us, has the ability to enable us to live and enjoy the freedom that Christ paid for us. Amen? It also has the ability to deal with anything that is holding you hostage. What is holding you hostage today? What thoughts, what circumstances are holding you hostage? The Spirit of God is able to deal with all of them if we would just yield to Him and give Him our attention. Amen. Our faith journey, it started with the Holy Spirit. So why are we wondering why 
It's going to work without the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, that's what Paul was saying to the church in Galatia. He was saying, oh my gosh, you know, in the King James Version, it's so foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, you know? But in the Amplified, it says this, Are you so foolish and senseless, having begun your new life by faith with the Spirit? Are you now being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is by your own works and efforts to keep the law. And you know, when we see the word flesh here in the New Testament, it means without the Holy Spirit. So how foolish for us to think, but we do it, don't we? We've started off with Jesus. We've started off in faith. We've started off with the Holy Spirit. And now we think we can figure it all out by law and what we do and how we do it and just in the natural ways. And what Paul was saying to them is, no, you have strayed. I'm bringing correction. I'm bringing correction to how you can live a life that will be a spirit-led life that will see you making progress moving forward and not only impacting your life, but impacting the lives around you. Because that's why we're here. We're here to impact the lives around us as well. Amen. And the fruit of the Spirit, what I love about it, you see the gifts, the gifts are given as God decides. So some He's given the gift of singing, the tenor, the soprano, it's all happening. But God decides that, but the fruit of the Spirit is given to each and every single one of us in exactly the same measure at the new birth. Same for you, same for me, exactly the same. And what is the difference is what we do with it. What will you do with it? What will I do with it? Amen. So as we give attention to the fruit of the Spirit, it will develop. And so what I want to do today is I want to give attention to love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. And after each one, I just give one little practical thing that you can do this week to give attention to love, to give attention to joy and peace. Are you ready for that? Amen. Well, let's have a wee look at love because the fact is love is the foundation to all of them. It's all built. Our faith is built on the love of God. Our gospel message is because of the love of God. So love is the foundation and then self-control keeps it all in together. And then it's all sandwiched in the middle there beautifully so that we can actually live holistically. Not just great in one area like Mark um, demonstrated with the little example and illustration he gave us last week. Not just like faith, my faith is here, but everything else is out the window. My patience, well, I don't even know where that is. It's not even in the country. (laughs) No, all of it together. Amen? Amen. The opposite to love, my dears, is hatred. The opposite to love is to detest, to loathe. And I think we can understand that when it comes to the enemy, that there can be a hatred and, there, you know, a hatred for injustice, a hatred for wrong. There's also another side to that. But you know what? When we think of wars that are happening now, there's hatred or maybe somebody who has definitely hurt you, hatred, you detest someone. Perhaps you're there, perhaps you're not. Great if you're not, but if you're there or if you know somebody that's there, this is going to be able to help them. Amen? Because it can also be self-loathing, detesting yourself and self-hatred. And these are so destructive. They are so destructive. And over pastoring over many years, can see the devastation that that leaves in a person's life and that is a thread throughout their life unless God gets a hold of them and unless they allow Him to transform them from the inside out. 
And God is a transformer. He does not want to leave any of us the same way that He finds us. He wants to transform us. And so this is what we want to see. We don't want to see all the opposites. We want to see the love of God. And we've been singing about it and declaring about it. We want to be transformed. So my first point is God is love and His love chooses you. His love chooses you. Like I said, everything about our faith is rooted and grounded in the love of God. 1 John 4 verse 8, the second part says, For God is love. He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of His nature. He is the originator of love. So we're not just talking about a wishy-washy love. We're talking about the originator of love. You know, we talk about self-love and loving each other. But how are we going to do that in the natural How are we going to do that in the natural? It's impossible. It can't just be done on goodwill when there's hatred. It has to be a supernatural force that's flowing out of our lives. Amen? And that is what His love is. In 1 John 4 verse 9 to 10, it says, This is how God showed His love for us. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Live through Him. That's freedom. Live through Him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. This is just remarkable because even before we said yes to the gift of salvation, God loved us. He loved us. And Jesus didn't die for us to make us valuable. He didn't die for us so that we would become lovable. He died for us because we were already valuable in His eyes. He died for us because He already loved us in His heart. How remarkable is that? Because humanity once did have a beautiful relationship with God. Adam and Eve, they walked with God in the cool of the day. They had a relationship with Him, but because of sin and disobedience, their relationship was severed. But Jesus... God made the most extravagant human rescue plan ever made. He sent Jesus. And we're going to be celebrating Easter in a few weeks' time. But in all honesty, let's celebrate Easter now. Amen. Every day is a celebration of Easter. Amen. He loves you. Regardless of your circumstances that are going on right now, He loves you. And He has got involved and He will continue to get involved despite the mess, despite the challenges, despite the bad choices. He will continuously get involved. His unchanging plan has always been to love you and to accept you into His family. He loves you. And you know, from this place of receiving God's love, we get to love Him back. We get to love God We get to love the Creator and have our love received by Him and and precious and cherished by Him. But we also get to love others from this place. We get to receive His love, love Him back, love ourselves in a healthy, holistic way and from that place give what we have, which is godly love, godly love. And I just want to pause on this for a moment because the fact of the matter is we can only love others from a place of knowing we're loved. And we can only truly love others when we love ourselves. 
And like I said, we can only truly love ourselves when we've experienced God's love. But one of the things that I've ha- really, really helped me when it comes to loving others, I have found that knowing that God loves the people that I love actually brings me peace. And I don't know if there's people in your world that you love and you're concerned for. I'm sure there are. When you start to feel anxious or worried and you start to get all churned up about it, I want to ask you to remind yourself that God loves them. God loves them more than you love them. That is something that has really settled my heart on many, many occasions. One in particular was when my father was took ill many years ago. He took ill and the doctors said he didn't have long to live. And I remember going to see him coming back and laying in my bed and just tears coming down my face, not because I knew that his days were coming to a close, but I became so overwhelmed of God's love for my father. And I remember very clearly in that moment, very clearly, as if it was like yesterday, God saying to me, my love for your father is not proven on whether I raise him up or heal him. My love for your father is proven 2,000 years ago when I sent my son. Amen. He loves the people that you love and care about more than you love and care for them. Amen. That has really settled my heart and I hope that actually helps somebody today. Point two, joy. Joy is a fruit of having God's presence in our lives. Oh, it's a fruit of having God's presence in our lives. The opposite is despair and misery. And hey, there's so much despair and misery going on on planet Earth right now. God needs His children to be displaying joy, which is a fruit of God's presence in our lives. It's not a personality trait. It's not, oh, her name is Joyce, so she is joyful. Little baby Joy, she's joyful because, no, it's not a personality trait. It's actually a characteristic of God. And in Psalm 16, verse 11, it tells us that in His presence is fullness of joy. And, you know, for the sake of time, I'm not going to continue so much on joy because we're going to take a few weeks to talk about joy and peace, etc., etc. But what I do want to say on a practical note, when it comes to love, if you are doubting love and your love, the love that God has for you, I want to encourage you to take communion. Take communion and remind yourself of what He did for you. And when it comes to, on a practical note for joy... I want to just encourage you, you know, it says in the Bible that the joy of the Lord is our strength, okay? It also says, it also says in, um, somewhere in the Bible, I know Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says the joy of the Lord, but it also, in Psalm 16 verse 11, it says that in His presence is fullness of joy. So hey, let's just get a bit logical here. In His presence is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So we can be strong when we're in His presence. How do we get to in His presence? It says He inhabits the praises of His children. He inhabits our praises. So when you and I come to minister to Him, as Mark said earlier, to actually thank Him for what He's done, what He's doing, what He's going to do, we create an environment for His presence to come. You see, our praise is, becomes a home for His presence. Isn't that beautiful? So I wonder if maybe this week you would choose to set time aside to praise Him. Whether that's through putting praise and worship on and then writing what you are thankful to Him for. 
What are you thankful for of what He's done, what He is doing and what He's going to do? I pray we don't get, just have a little clap for um, the new venue and we just skip along next week. I pray that we're constantly grateful for the venue that we've been given. Amen. That we never, we never lose that heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Amen. And then peace. Peace. The opposite to peace is war. And we can see that. We've already had Yulia and Slava here. The opposite is war. And we can see that geographically right now. But you know, sometimes there's war raging on the inside of us against God's kingdom and the kingdom that we're living in, the spirit and the flesh, the spirit which is with God, the flesh is trying to do it without Him. There can be a war. But the, also the opposite is fear and anxiety. But true peace, this is my third point, true peace comes from the presence of God, not the absence of trouble. We can have peace in the storms. You know, when you think of the disciples, they were in the boat and the storm was raging around them. And Jesus, bless his darling heart, had his head on the pillow fast asleep. And they had to shake him up and wake him up and say, hey, don't you care about us? That's why love is so important because when we know He loves us, we know He cares about us. Let's get this one nailed, that He loves us. They were like, don't you care about us? We're going to drown, we're going to die. They forgot that they had the Prince of Peace in the boat with them. You and I have the Prince of Peace with us every moment of every day. So it doesn't matter what trouble comes around us, we can tap into that. And I'm not saying it's easy. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. But would you be willing? Would you be willing? You see, salvation, sometimes we think salvation, it's just when we've given our lives to Jesus. But no, salvation has so much more in store for us. Salvation in all its fullness is when you and I experience soundness in every area of our lives, which equals peace. Amen? Peace, which is nothing missing, nothing broken, everything complete. When it looks like everything is broken, everything is missing and nothing is complete on the outside. Internally, because the Prince of Peace is Lord and He's central, it can change things. It is all available to us through Jesus Christ. And I'm not negating any situations that anybody is going through because that is not what peace does. Peace is despite the situation, amen? Isaiah 26 verse three says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. That is faith. That is faith, that hope and expectation in truth that God is going to come through. We have to be purposeful. We have to fight for peace. Right now in the world in which we're living in, we have to fight for peace. But you know what you can do? One very practical thing that you can do whenever you start to feel it nurring around and you start to feel like your stomach's becoming a washing machine and you know that, like, I want to encourage you, you can pray. You can pray. This is a very practical thing that you can do to develop the fruit of peace in your life. You can pray. Prayer is simply communicating with God in however you want to do it. There's no Queen's English here. It's go for it however you want to do it, okay? Philippians 4 verse 7 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, 
but in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, praise, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. This is a word of God. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now into your heart, into your situation right now, reminding you that you are loved of God, that you have joy and that you have peace available to you. God is here right now. He wants to minister to you. He wants to reassure you. He wants you to know that you are not alone. He wants to reassure you that He has not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And a sound mind is a mind that is disciplined after the Word of God. That's what a sound mind means. It's a mind that is disciplined to the soundness of God's Word. Amen. So I wonder, I wonder if you would make a decision today that you are going to do the next step to start to live a life that is not all external, but live a life that is internal. Because the fact of the matter is, it's not the externals that will determine the condition of our heart and our lives. It's what we do with what has been deposited in our lives. What will you do with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? The question is, what will you do with the gift of the fruit of the Spirit that Christ has given to every single one of you? Amen.